Hey everyone, it's Ashley. We're excited that you have decided to join us for our third episode today. Today we have a wonderful guest with us uh, that is going to talk to us about a lot of really great things, including spiritual communion. So we hope that you continue to bear with us on some of the sound issues and that most of all you enjoy. All right. Hey guys, it's Ashley. Hi, Lexi. And as uh, those of you who are from Holy Name of Jesus, I gave you a little teaser in Thursday's live rosary that we had a special guest today. And it is, drumroll, not the guest who we said we were going to be bringing. Oh yeah, I lied last time. It's not Elliot. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. Uh, it's not disappointing because. Because it is, as some of our teens fondly call him, Padre C. Hey Father guys, Padre. how's it going? <laughs> All right. I'm so looking forward to our conversation today. I'm super excited to be here. Can I first, can I please introduce Father Colin the way that I met Father Colin? Because I really think that that's... Yes, except for pause, because your teens don't know who Father Colin is. Yes, yeah, I'll, I'll, oh, explain. I'll explain. Okay. I'll explain. Yeah. Okay, so, so... So Ashley's my roommate. I'm already laughing. Ashley's my roommate, right? And so she's working with Father Colin because Father Colin is the associate pastor at Holy Name of Jesus in Wyzetta, where she works. So she's telling me about this super cool priest. She's like, oh yeah, he's like about our age. He's really fun. He's really great. I'm like, awesome. Okay, well then one day she texts me because Ashley and I were going to go on a trip for uh, New Year's this year. We we're going to go to Green Bay, Wisconsin, which is another story, but we we're going to go to Green Bay. And she goes, Hey, weird question. Can Father Colin watch your cat while we're gone? And I was like, uh, sure. Like, <laughs> she was like, Lexi, he really wants to watch your cat. So, uh, do you remember me talking about how I didn't really like this cat? but my roommate had one, and then you were like... Like, the words you used were stronger than didn't like, but you did, you did, <laughs> you did, express, you did express feelings of uh, angst towards... <laughs> towards this poor cat, who, by the way, is a very nice, nice cat, and I stand by Lovely. that every time, as much as I get frustrated with her, she's very nice. Um, anyways, but Father, you were like, oh my gosh, I've always wanted a cat. Was I that enthusiastic? Yeah, no, oh, I have more, I have more, okay. So there's a text message that Ashley then sends to you, to Father Colin, and it was like, hey, are you still down for watching the cat? And I, I have a screenshot, I wish I could show it to you, of what Father Colin responded in all separate text messages, okay? Like one text, it goes, give me the cat. <laughs> Capital letters. And then a cat emoji, all separate text messages. And then, so then I get Father Collins' phone number, right? And we're talking about it. And he's like, oh my gosh, a life entrusted to me. Who am I? It was like the greatest thing I'm ever. I'm starting to tear up again just thinking about it. Yeah. Yeah. It was so sweet. And then we go over and we bring him the cat. And I take the cat's litter box out of the car. And he goes, is she in a cooler? <laughs> like a cooler. <laughs> I was I was beside myself. It was I was welcoming new life into the world, into my world, and <laughs> I was I was not really thinking of what I was saying. It was just it was a you were so moment. ecstatic. Precious so, moment. 
I had a little space. I had a little space for it and everything. It was great. Yeah, can you tell us like what are the highlights? How about a highlight and a lowlight of these paths? Oh, uh, <laughs> highlight was getting to the point when she didn't want to like cower from me under my couch. That was <laughs> that was the highlight. Although that only took about ten minutes, which leads me to the lowlight, which was that. This cat was incredibly needy, as we as we discussed afterwards. Incredibly needy. Like so, background on my end. I like cats a lot. We've had cats for most of the last few years. Some have been outdoor cats, some have been indoor cats. But regardless, the cats in my house are often, actually, always just like what you expect in cat. Really want to be around you. Like you get to pet them every once in a while, and like yep. sometimes, like straight up, try to like maul your face. <laughs> so that's when but I like I like that aspect of cats so I figured oh this would be great I'll get one of those like I might see her you know like she uh -huh. might you know, get like kind of cat angry a few times but like it'd be nice to have like something around but this cat was so <laughs> affectionate like so yep. affectionate yep like just wanted to be where I was all the time mm -hmm. and yep. uh it was so was, when was, I got the cat, less. Yeah. it's so true. When I got the cat, I had the exact same thought. I was like, oh, I'll get a cat. She'll be under a couch most of the time, want to be by herself most of the time. And I'll barely know that she's there, but sometimes I'll have a fluffy, nice thing. No, she's like a dog. Like she wants the attention that a dog wants. So when we came to get the cat, when we came to pick up the cat from Father Colin, I was like, Father, how'd it go? And he was like, it was kind of stressful. <laughs> <laughs> because what comes along with bringing a new life into the world, <laughs> as we know, is there's responsibility, right? And at one point, I was so, my greatest fear was that Zelly, the cat, Zelly, Zelly, yep. would get lost in my laundry room because my laundry room has a lot of nooks and crannies that I don't even know about and like, <laughs> like little holes in like insulation and stuff like that and like, pipes and tubes and like random appliance stuff and my fear was that like she would get caught somewhere and then like die like on my watch like that was like my fear so I like didn't let her into the laundry room but that meant like I don't have a lot of space that, that meant that she didn't have a lot of space to, to wander around and so well she, that's okay she wandered like all over the counter and you know the table yeah was, yeah it was it was enjoyable. It was an experiment. I, I always kind of thought, you know, I never, I always thought having a dog is breeze would be tough, but having a cat, I always thought that might be possible. But I just don't think it's not meant to be. It's Sorry. not meant, it's not to, meant be. to be. <laughs> I love it. Well, that was a great way to to first meet you, Father Colin, was to yeah, have you take care nice. of my cat. So much nice. much obliged. I'm glad that we had that experience. As am I. As am I. But if you ever want her back. Yeah. Well, it was like it was like 36 hours, I think, but it felt like a week. <laughs> <laughs> I get that. <laughs> That's super funny. Um, awesome, cool. Well, I think today we're just gonna like have some fun, um, like asking you some questions. We're gonna play grill the priest today. Yeah, we are. That's our plan. So, I think Lexi has the first question that she is going to ask. I do. So we're going to start off like personal. We're going to get that out of the way and then we'll go into. <laughs> the easy ones. Yeah, you start now. We don't I start know. out personal. Okay, Father Colin, what yeah. 
what, what, where do you fall in your family? Like how many siblings do you have and where do you fall in them? I am the oldest of six children. So that is amazing. It's kind of cool. Yeah. Nice and symmetrical boy, girl, boy, girl, boy, girl. So, you know, wow. this is the way to do it. So, so how far apart are you and the youngest? Like how many years were there in there? Yeah, my youngest sister is 14. So she's like the age, she's like the age of like the kids yep. entering like confirmation program, which is so weird. Yeah. Of, like hanging out with these high schoolers. They're just like, and I'm, th I'm thinking like, wow, they're literally my youngest sister's age. That's kind of nuts. Yeah. So she's 14. Cool. All right. Yeah. yeah. Love it. Um, okay. I have another fun question. Uh, what is one of your favorite childhood memories? Oh, sorry. That was like very, like, I was very happy to hear that question. Nice. This question. This question. Uh, so when I was 10 years old, the Minnesota Twins went to the ALCS, which is the American League Championship Series, which is as far as I've ever gotten in my lifetime. It was very far. And somehow my family had tickets or we had tickets to some of those games. So we were out in like the nosebleed seats in like left field. I remember being 10 years old and it was so loud. I mean, the Metrodome, if you remember, was like such a loud place to watch baseball. And it was awesome. It was, it was playoffs. So I saw game four of the ALDS, actually. So I saw the ALDS and we won that game like 11 to two. And then um, I saw game one of the ALCS, which we won like two to one. So those were like the only two good games of the playoffs for us. Everything else was kind of crappy. And incidentally, everything since then has been kind of crappy. So that was like... <laughs> Those were those were glorious days. Were but I was there. I was with my dad, and my grandpa, and we were just like just cheering. That was where I fell in love with baseball. The so. twins. I love it. This year, I thought we were gonna get further, and then we kind of fell apart, like we do. Oh, well, last year. Yeah. Well, that's yeah. that's the thing, right? It's that curse. What? I gotta go to the playoff games again. That's what that's what we need to start doing. Yeah. It sounds like it was yeah. there. It was yeah. great. It was super great. So, uh, did you ever play baseball? father I did. I did ask me if I was good at baseball Ashley were you good at baseball father I was not actually I was very bad at baseball <laughs> there was one year and this is how I know that my dad loved me because he took me to games all my games and like stayed for my whole game I was like the worst well I wasn't the worst player on the team so like you know how so it's like the first couple years of like kid pitch right where the kids start pitching and they're like wild so like some of them are like really good at pitching and most yeah, of them just like totally. throw the ball at your face and uh so I never I I I never once made contact with the ball one year this was just one season it was like a really bad season I like played the whole season never once made contact with the ball like I didn't even know how to like swing apparently and I still had like a 400 on base percentage which is pretty good because I just like I would just get up there like so we get a pitch or two, but I just take everything else. And, uh, you know, you could get on base with a walk pretty easy. I got hit a couple of times and like, you know, just like cried in front of everyone. Cause that's how that goes. Aww. But uh, I did, I did play baseball and my dad loved me because he, even though his kid was terrible, he still was there. Oh, what a guy. Father of the year. Uh, shout out to dad. Yeah. My father, tell me what the best and most part of the coronavirus outbreak has been for you the best and most difficult part or just yeah. the most difficult well, the like separate. separate separate right, right yeah they're not the same thing probably <laughs> um well maybe they are the same thing i don't know i just uh 
I just got done con-celebrating mass with my pastor, with our pastor, Father Steve, which was like really powerful. And uh, we, we, you know, celebrate together and con-celebrate sometimes every so often, like at parish masses. But it was just, it was just pretty amazing to see the emotion in him and, you know, the pain that he has. And I feel the pain too. But I mean, he has been a holy name for so long and he's been a priest for so long and he's never been through anything like this, you know? Um, so kind of the fact that, you know, he's going through this 35 years in the priesthood and I'm going through this, you know, one year in the priesthood, it's kind of crazy. And we're both just like celebrating the Eucharist there. Mm. I could, I, I was pretty sure I could see like some tears in his eyes. It was, it was pretty powerful stuff. So obviously like that's terrible because it's like the worst part because, you know, we, we can't invite people to come to that. Right. Yeah. Uh, formally at this point. And, and yet I guess what was cool was it made me kind of appreciate and think about the gift that I have, you know, the fact that I get to have the Eucharist because I'm a priest, you know, like what a, what a gift, what an undeserved gift. Right. Um, but also just realizing that hopefully, you know, hopefully out of all this, we will have that sense of wonder at God's graces, right. And, and God's sacraments and the way that he, you know, works in our hearts. So that's, that's the hope. So as, I don't know, that's, kind of it's dark you know it's a sad time but i i love that though i've been thinking about um the level of gratitude that i think that this is going to bring up for sure for me and i think in a lot of people for the mass and the eucharist because yeah. it's so easy for us to take for granted right i know it's so easy for me to take for granted like how many days do i miss daily mass because i just want to sleep in and i don't want to go and, and how many times do we complain about our obligation to go to Sunday mass and then it's taken from you, right? And it's like, oh my gosh, what would we do with, without the Eucharist? What would we do without the mass? And like, we really, I don't know, at least for me, it's definitely stirring up this kind of, oh crap moment of like, have I really been taking Jesus's sacrifice for me? and my ability to be present for that sacrifice and receive that sacrifice in the mass. Like, have I been taking that for granted? So I think it's really powerful though, hearing your testimony as a priest and you being there for that sacrifice now, like on behalf of the whole church and still offering that sacrifice on behalf of the whole church. I just think that's really, that's super powerful to think about. Yeah, I think this kind of like lends itself to the next question that <clears throat> originally I imagined us ask, asking later on, but it, it seems really fitting here. Um, there's like this talk of spiritual communion that I think uh -huh. is kind of being thrown out all over the internet or people are like, oh, make a spiritual communion. Archbishop Hebda is uh, very wisely calling us to that. But uh, could you tell us like, what does that mean? And like, how does one make a spiritual communion when they can't go to mass? Right, right. Well, that's a good question. And yeah, it's interesting how a lot of these things kind of like come up now, you know, when you need them. But like you said, it's been, it's been around, you know, like saints have talked about it, you know. Um, I was watching somewhere today, someone mentioned that St. Teresa of Avila, she wanted to go to mass more. She wanted to receive Jesus more, but just because of the rules that were in place back in the day, like she couldn't. And this is like Teresa of Avila, you know, it's like she was pretty, she was pretty close to God, you could say. And, uh, you know, and she, and she would write about, you know, spiritual communion, which for her was essentially, you know, a prayer, right? It was a prayer of, of desire um, that the Lord would come into, into her heart in a, in a powerful way and make his presence 
um, known to her and felt in her heart in a really, really powerful way, similar to that presence that she would receive in the Eucharist, right? And we know the Eucharist is, the physical Eucharist is special and it's not something you can replicate, right? Um, which is why to be away from it is so difficult. But we do know that the Lord is not bound by those things, right? The Lord is, is the Lord can and does work in other ways. And the Lord's presence does um, manifest itself in other ways. And the Lord comes to us in our prayer, right? The Lord, the Lord's presence um, can be felt. The Lord's presence can be received in, in a variety of ways. Um, and, and actually, hope, you know, speaking of graces of, you know, possible graces of this whole, this whole thing is that I'm hoping too that people learn and we can all learn more of like what it means to pray. Right. And, and how like Jesus says in the gospels, right. We pray only to our father who sees in secret, you know, we shut the door, go to our inner room, right. We can all do that actually, you know, uh, which, but that's kind of a digression, I guess. But what I would say about spiritual communion is to the extent that, um, to the extent that you can recollect and bring yourself to a, kind of mental, emotional, psychological state in which you are disposed to God, I think that is going to help. So that would almost be like kind of a first step, right? Um, you know, I could be at the grocery store and make an act of spiritual communion, you know, or like say a prayer, and that's going to be an awesome prayer, probably. But to really enter into communion and the kind of the kind of union with Jesus that we want, I think the first thing we can do, the best thing we can do is kind of quiet our hearts, right? And put ourselves in a place where we are kind of even just in our bodily posture, like disposed to God, right? So rather than like, you know, lounging or like lying around on our couch, you know, to actually like be sitting up straight or to be even like kneeling before crucifix, right? Or even standing if we like to stand and we pray, right? So kind of having the posture, maybe kind of quieting our hearts, quieting our minds, kind of a prayer for um, calm, you know, a prayer to be removed from distractions and then actually removing those distractions, like putting the phone away, right? Like turning off the sounds and the noises and if you have kids around, like, you know, asking them to kind of participate in it with you, you know? So it's not something you're just kind of doing, you know, in between all of your other activities. Like it's something we kind of put ourselves in the mindset of kind of like at church, you know, we stand and we kneel, we sit, and we, we, we do things that remind us of what we're doing, right? So I would say those kind of be the first two steps, sort of like entering in you know, as far as removing our distractions, entering in the bodily way, and then also like spiritually kind of saying, Jesus, I want to be present to you. Um, and then I think, you know, this, the great thing about spiritual communion is it's a, it's a prayer from the heart. It's a prayer of desire from the heart, I would say. Like it's a prayer of, of openness from the heart, right? Recognizing that the Lord always wants to give good gifts to his children, right? Our Father knows what we need. And he, he will give us what we ask, right? All we have to do really is ask. And we just seek to have that, that grace of confidence, right? Like St. Therese always talk about, you know, just can our, would our heavenly father ever deny us anything? You know, if we come to him with open arms, it's kind of like that, right? Like we know that I mean, communion is primarily God's gift to us, you know, something that we respond to. So I think on our end, as far as making spiritual communion, the best thing we can do is just call out to him in prayer. So I remember we would pray, a spiritual communion prayer as a family every night. And I don't remember all of it, but it was something to the extent of Lord Jesus Christ. I believe that you are present body, blood, soul, and divinity in the sacraments of the altar. Come into my heart. I desire you come into my soul. I embrace you. Never let me be parted from your love. Amen. Something very simple like that. So you kind of can start with a reminder of what is the Eucharist? What is that presence that I'm 
thinking about what is that presence that I, I realize I can't have initially, that presence of Jesus in the Eucharist, body, blood, soul, and divinity, and then saying, Jesus, even though I can't receive you in that way, I'm coming before you in faith. And I'm saying, Lord, I want you to be in my heart in that same way. I want my heart to be open to you. And I ask you, I'm coming before you just totally empty, totally empty in faith, in humility. And I want you to fill me up with, with whatever you, with whatever you have for me. So, you know, the, the prayer we prayed as a family was kind of like a formula prayer, which is great. But if you, you know, if you kind of put yourself in that mindset and in that, in that posture where you're going to pray, you know, it can also be something that's very spontaneous too, you know, and, you know, I think of like the, the centurion, you know, we say his prayer every time I come to mass, like, Lord, I'm not worthy that you should enter into my roof, but only say the word and my soul shall be healed. I mean, we say that every time we come to mass, but for him, it was just like a spontaneous thing. I mean, when he said that, it was just like, it just came out, you know, he like blurted it out. So I think we can do that too. And, and just, uh, call out to God and, you know, even like open our hands up, right. In a posture of receptivity, yeah. like fold our hands in prayer, whatever works best for us. Right. Um, there's all sorts of different ways to do that. But I think that that primary, that thing to remember in the prayer itself is that it's something we're asking for God to do something, right. It's God's initiative. And so we're just asking that God would do what he wants to do. Right. We're just asking that God, our father would, would give us those gifts. And that's, I think, spiritual community that's amazing father colin i'm cool. like, i'm like i'm like inspired. i'm ready i'm ready for <laughs> ready. spiritual Let's community do it. yeah I, know. I think also i was just thinking about this as you were talking um i think it's just good for our teens to also know that like spiritual communion is not only when like you literally can't receive the eucharist like it's something that you said you uh -huh. did with your family right like we can make spiritual communions um outside of mass if you're ever in a situation where maybe you weren't able to make it to confession and you're in a state of mortal sin, like you can make that spiritual communion. Um, I think that's just a good thing for us to kind of realize, yeah. uh, you know? You can do when you wake up, you can do when you go to bed. I mean, it's yeah. beautiful. Yeah, it's, it would be awesome if that became, if this just becomes more of a practice, you know, yeah. among all of us, right? Because it's so powerful. And it's just, I think it gets to the heart of what prayer is for us, right? Like God's, you know, God's presence in the Eucharist is, is, is different, but it's the same God, right? It's the same presence. And like, that's the same God that we pray to, right? When we listen to the scriptures or when we're praying spontaneously, you know, so it's kind of, it's not like, oh, the Eucharist is like this kind of like other thing that's like really special, but I only get that God in the Eucharist. It's like, no, we actually get, this, you know, that same God is present to us always, right? That's beautiful. Um, just for our teens too, I know Elliot found a really beautiful spiritual communion prayer that we'll link in the notes of this podcast. So you can, as Father Colin said, like absolutely we can make a spontaneous prayer, but if you're wanting more of a formulaic prayer, uh, we will certainly post that for you. Hey, Father Colin, now that you've given us some really wonderful, heavy spiritual things to think about, I have a really fun question. Did you date anyone before you became a priest? Nice. No, I did not actually. Will you tell us a little bit about your decision to become a priest? I can. It changes every time I tell it. I'm like learning more about my vocation story every day. I think it's fascinating. I have a really wonderful family. It's mostly because of my family, I think. I don't know, just looking back, you know, cheap pinching grandmas and I was homeschooled too. So like, you know, you're the oldest of six kids in a homeschool family, like someone's gotta be the priest, right? So might as well, <laughs> might as well just bite the bullet. 
Uh, no, just kidding. Totally kidding. But my parents were always very like supportive of whatever. Like I wanted to be a freestyle. I was pretty pretty little, like middle school and stuff like that. And you know, high school was a bit different, we'll say. <laughs> but as high school always is. But uh, it was kind of there. Like I was, I was a youth group kid. I was like kind of around at like what we would say is like core team stuff. I don't think I fully believed but I was like I was there I was like I was trying to I was trying to figure it out you know yeah and uh that was kind of like high school and then I went and just like visited the seminary kind of on a whim when I was a senior in high school it was 10 years ago 10 years ago now uh, yeah and I also keep in mind like I I was a really really lame um still kind of worked on some of that one but no honestly like honestly no like yeah like a total, like, like a total drip. So, like, did, <laughs> oh, really did drip. drip. That's, what, that's what people say. Remember? <laughs> no, I, remember? Just, I just remember, remember like, you guys were supposed to be cool. We're supposed oh, yeah. to know the, the No, lingo. I was that's even like, drippier, I guess. Because I didn't know that phrase. So, I shouldn't say that. That's, that's mean. I just, I don't know. I played a lot of video games and, like, I didn't really, like, do, do much. I don't know. I see, I see a lot of these, like, high schoolers. I'm like, man, you guys are, like, so smart for high schooler <laughs> because I looked back and I was like man I just wasn't doing it what was I doing yeah anyway but so for all high schools out there you guys are doing great um <laughs> Jesus loves you very much very very much and he's got an awesome plan but um anyway I didn't really I just so because of that I didn't really know what I wanted to do after high school I was like applied to some different like schools for like engineering or whatever and like I even asked my mom about this recently. I was like, I asked her, I was like, did I express like any actual interest in any of those other schools? And she was like, not really, honey. <laughs> I was like, nice. <laughs> so like, really, I just was like totally lethargic and like checked out. But um, I visited the seminary, St. John Vianney, my senior year, February. It was, I remember it was so cold. I had to get up at like five, whatever, in the morning and pray at 6.15. It was like terrible. <laughs> but it was went to adoration and it was like i'd been to adoration before a ton as a kid my parents would drag me to adoration i like knew about it and i knew like oh yeah this is the time when like i can't watch cartoons on saturday morning so i guess i'll just go and sit and like read a book or like pray the rosary you know what i mean like uh-huh. as kids do when they go to adoration right and like for the first time in my life at the seminary i was like looking at jesus and i was like i think there's something going on here you know like it was sort of like a real it wasn't like a lightning bolt moment, but there was there was a there was a piece that I just had never really felt in my life, and there was like a passion that I never felt in my life. That was mm. important too, because I was like, wow, I think I have like a place here, you know? Like I think I actually like want to do this. Like I've never like really wanted anything this much in my life before. You know what I mean? Wow. Like it was kind of this, and it wasn't even like priesthood necessarily. It was just like this is the step. I was like surrounded by these dudes who were like super good and also super like weird like me. You know what I mean? It was kind of like yeah. this. Yeah. It was kind of like this great. I could see myself there. I was like, I didn't feel like it was beyond me. You know, I was like, right. I could do this. And so I went back that weekend and told my parents, I was like, yep, yeah, I'm going to seminary. And they're like, okay, honey, you know, and, and just like totally, totally supported the whole way and uh, showed up on August 28th, 2010. That was like the start of just some kind of an adventure it was it was awesome and uh spent eight years in seminary and every year it was just like a progressive like deepening of the friendship of jesus and just to be clear like i still didn't really know how to pray i mean i'm still learning but like i still didn't really know how to pray when i showed up at seminary it was like 
I'd sleep through so many holy hours and like, it was, <laughs> oh, it was so funny. But Teresa said she slept through holy hours. Oh so. yeah, yeah. I, I was not, I was not Saint Therese, but you know, it was the, the principle applied. I think. Yes. Yeah. It was, it was good. It was a great, it was a great experience. The, the brotherhood, the prayer, the priests. So one year at a time, and then I'd say. People ask like, when did you like, no, no. And I probably felt pretty confident about my vocation like junior year of college, I would say. It's so, like third year of seminary. Yep. So, and here you are. That's story, here I am. Yes, on a podcast. Did, did my mom and dad ever think that I'd be on a podcast? Look at, look at me now. Look at me now. Here we know, mom. Guest star on Grill the Priest in a podcast. Okay, I have another one. Putting the Bible aside. What is your favorite story? Whether it's like a movie, a book, a play, like what is your favorite story that is portrayed in one of those kind of ways? So there's a great book that I read. I read it, I read it twice, which is impressive. I don't read books twice. Um, I read this book twice. It's called Come Rack, Come Row. Have you guys heard of that one? No, no. Can we say it again? I'm writing it down. Come rack, so C O M E slash rack, so like R A C K exclamation point, and then come rope. So the rack and the rope were two instruments of torture during the uh, English Reformation. So that's what it's referring to. So it's a historical fiction about the English Reformation. It's about a Catholic family, Catholic refugees and family, and. Um, it's a great, well, it's a great, it's a great book in general. The story is great in general. As a seminarian, it's, it's particularly good because it's, uh, it tells the story of this, this guy and this gal who are like romantically engaged, right? Like probably can get married to this like young Catholic family or this young, they're both from Catholic families. Um, and he starts like discerning the priesthood, which is crazy because like, it's getting like real saucy, you know? That was not a time to discern the priesthood. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So but this gal was like, her name's, uh, his name is Robin. Her name is Marjorie. And Marjorie is like one of my favorite female characters ever. And she's just like awesome. And she like actually basically helps him discern his vocation. She just like starts to feel it too. And she's like, Robin, you have to do this. And he's like, yeah, I know. So anyway, so that's kind of the first time. Wow. I, like, I want to read it. I, I want to read she's it. Also, she's also like the most, she's just like an amazing protagonist, the gal, Marjorie. Because she like builds like priest holes in her house and stuff like that. And like helps folks like stay alive and stuff. But the story's great. And Dang. And then, you know, he gets ordained and comes back and there's kind of various adventures that happen um, from that. So I, I love the story. I love, what I love about it is it's a story of, of sacrifice um, and particularly the sacrifice of, I mean, I love the, the story of the vocation, but actually the second time I read it, I was more impressed by the sacrifice of the young lady um, who just like puts her, I mean, she's a rich English gal and she like puts her whole reputation, like everything she's got on the line for the church basically and and wow. even you know uh at the end of the day like realizes you know his call right which might be to a very heroic sacrifice you know and so um it's a cool it's a cool story of of just the faith and and how um yeah how we need we need the faith and we need um the church and uh, it's something that's worth dying for, essentially. Mm. Well, that's amazing. I'm so excited I asked because now I really want to go read that. 
You I'm should. I'm going to link that in the show notes too. Yeah. I make it sound like we're so professional. I'm going to link that in the show notes. Because we know how to do that. Uh, because we're so cool. No, so, but like, actually, I want to read that. Yeah. You all should too. I was, to, I'm just, I'm listening to this podcast called Revolution. And it's all about revolutions that have happened nice. throughout the world, right? <laughs> and uh, anyway, so I, I listened to the English Revolution and that was fascinating. And then um, now I'm listening to the French Revolution. And I just learned, first of all, talk about a bad time to be Catholic. Second of all, I just learned that there was like a city, and I can't remember what city it was, or a province or something, that was on the shore, right? And they would, they had like a barge, and they would take a barge and fill it with priests, and then send the barge out and sink the barge. Thousands of priests, they would just sink it. I was like, that is insane. I didn't learn that in history class. It was like really bad. It was super gnarly. Really bad. Super gnarly, you guys. Not a good time to be. There's also, there's also a, um, and I've not seen it. I'm not an opera guy. Opera is kind of hard for me, but there's a French opera. It's called the, the Song of the Carmelites or something like that. And it's about this Carmelite, this convent of cloister Carmelites in the French Revolution. I feel like I've heard and, of that before. And there's this epic scene when, oh man, it's going to give you chills. So the epic scene where like, there's like 12, the 12 Carmelite nuns and they're singing, they're singing some hour of the breviary or the office or something like that. And they're praising God and they're getting guillotined one by one. And so you hear, you hear the like, you know, of the guillotine oh and one God. less, and then one last singing, you know? And so the thing kind of like, it's, it's, yeah, it's heavy. It's, wow. it's, it's, it's amazing. You want to know like that Jesus is God. You can like watch that stuff. And it, like, that was real life. Like that was, was legit. Was and my family's French. So I'm like, wow, guys, oh. we made it. We made we, it. I think we, we made, made it, it yeah. actually, but yeah. 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 Right. Much to be grateful for. Okay, well, I think we have time for one more question for Father Colin. Absolutely. Okay, so Father, um, a lot of teens are finding themselves with more time. What is a recommendation that you have for a way they can use their time well? Obviously, we're just going to take prayer off the table because prayer is already permanently on the table. And we already talked. And we already talked about prayer. But like, it can be whatever you want. What? a cool recommendation you have for how our teens can spend their time i would say um think of something that you have always just like wanted to learn about and then learn about it like something that is maybe you've kind of thought about it before it's come up a few times something like history class or it's something like art class or um even like religion it's like something about god like that you've heard about that you think is interesting um could be like i'm not a science guy but like could be something like biology like you've always wanted to know how like whatever works you know um because i i just feel like there's always moments for me it would be like history i would love like there's moments where i'm just like man i should just like read a bunch of books on like world war ii or something like that you know and like that would be so much fun Mm-hmm. And then I'm like, oh, no time for that. You know, so that would be, that would be my recommendation. Like, just take the time to like, learn, like keep learning. Like, just cause you're out of school or you're not like in school in the same way doesn't mean you should stop learning. Like learn 
for the sake of learning and like find something you love and it'll like open up new like horizons like new horizons yeah like new like you'll find other things to like you know pull on and new rabbit holes to like go down and it'll just be like a beautiful thing and you will you will be a better person for it and i think you'll be closer to god too because jesus is truth Mm, that's that's okay can i just say too that our last episode we talked about leisure and guys that's a great example of holy leisure right there beautiful thank you leisure we talked about that we did yes welcome to our podcast father colin i listen to every podcast of you guys you guys (laughs) are like i'm like your biggest fan (laughs) 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 any other words you want to share with us father before we uh wrap it up i would just say that jesus is worth it Mm. he's worth it he's worth he's worth the whole thing the whole thing can you offer a blessing via podcast i can definitely offer but i've actually offered this will be my second uh virtual blessing of the day so maybe that's something that we have to like make more make more a thing of yeah yeah. i would absolutely do that great let's pray huh in the name of god the Son, the Holy Spirit, Amen. Heavenly Father, draw near to us with your unfailing love. We give you thanks, Lord, for all of your many blessings in our lives, those seen and those unseen. We draw close to you, Lord, in this moment, and we ask that you would guide us, as you would fill us with the gift of the Holy Spirit, which you have poured forth so abundantly into our hearts the gifts of baptism, the gift of confirmation, the Eucharist that we've been able to receive in our life in prayer. We ask you, Lord, to pour forth that spirit abundantly. Make us to know how loved we are by you, how closely we are united to you this day, and how much you want to draw us to yourself. We ask that you would Give us at this time a great confidence in your love, especially when there is so much that feels stressful, so much that feels dark, so much that feels uncertain. We ask that you would shine the radiance of your light. Give us your Holy Spirit, who is the paraclete, the consoler, to lead us to you. Yes, even in these difficult moments, so that our crosses might be turned into the gift of the resurrection, Lord. And through the imposition of my priestly hands, the intercession, of the Blessed Virgin Mary, Saints Peter and Paul, Saint Joseph, most chaste spouse of the Virgin, Saint Therese of Lisieux, Saint John Paul II, and all the saints and angels. May Almighty God bless you all, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Go in peace. Thanks be to God. That was beautiful. Beautiful. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you so much for answering our weird questions. You're welcome. For being so honest. We are so grateful for your presence with us today you rock thank you guys i'm blessed i'm blessed to know you as well two of the coolest youth ministers ever seriously seriously two you heard it here folks you heard oh, it here yeah. oh, yeah. <laughs> no cap no there's no cap on that it's what no cap no cap no, that's what yeah. they say right yeah like, you guys are the best youth ministers no cap no, like, yeah, no, I mean, oh like, yeah good job see you're like, so cool all of the father. lingo from father I'm yeah like just gotta keep up Ashley. You gotta keep up. Yeah. I'm getting there on technology. You can, you can pay me on this. If you want to watch there. Ashley get there on technology, check out her Facebook live stream yesterday. 
when we were sitting there for like two minutes, not knowing that we were live streaming. Yep. Learning, guys, this is a, a week of I'm becoming a millennial. I already am one. I'm really one now. I am. It's great. Cool. All right. All right. Well, guys. Peace. Love. We will see you. We'll talk to we'll you. We'll talk to you on Monday. Monday. Awesome. God bless. Thank you so much. Bye. Thanks, Father. Bye.